For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're listening to this. My name is Corey Paws, and this is the first episode of Something's Brewing. How's everybody doing? Huh? For those of you that know me, you're probably wondering what took me so long to finally put a podcast out there. For those of you that don't know me, uh, just a little bit of a quick background. I used to be kind of a big deal. Uh, Grew up in Chicago, came to California as part of the number one recruiting class. Shout out to my peeps, to Sean Foster, Robert Thomas, Rusty Williams, and a whole bunch of others. And we had one heck of a run. I would argue that our time there was probably a glorious failure, but uh, that still remains to be seen. But super excited to be putting together this podcast, and I really appreciate you listening. So this is going to be a great run. I hope you stick around for the whole time. And we're going to be talking UCLA football because it's football season. When football is over, we're going to be talking UCLA sports because it's always going to be about something's brewing. And then we're going to talk about sports and entertainment in general, other college football games, the college football scene, NFL scene, UFC scene, golf scene, whatever's happening. Whatever's happening in pop culture. Because no one loves a microphone more than me or a mirror if I'm looking straight on. Because if I put my head down and I see multiple mirrors and I look at how bald I'm getting, it becomes a little embarrassing and I try and uh, my self-deprecating humor can only go so far. So I'm going to... I feel like I've mastered the art of humble bragging, so again, if you don't know me, I apologize. I assure you that I'm not an arrogant prick, and uh, I try and be humble in my bragging. So let's start with a recap of the previous UCLA game at Oregon. I can't tell you that I'm surprised at what happened, Uh, and I hate when people say, this game was lost in the first quarter. But it almost was lost in the first quarter. And many of, if you've watched the game, then you know that special teams can win the game for you 
or not win the game for you. And we definitely got crushed on special teams. Muffed punts, return punt returns. How fast was number seven, by the way? Holy moly. We couldn't make a tackle on a fake field goal. And we had false start penalties on field goals we were attempting. And the list goes on. Uh, I thought DTR, you know, played okay. Uh, I hope he's healthy and didn't get severely hurt. Uh, Spate came in and played pretty well. He's certainly an accurate passer. The offense runs a little bit differently when he's in there, but uh, I like what I see with both of them. And for the for the so far this season, it seems like we've had two starting quarterbacks. So. How is, uh, how is the Oregon game really any different than the rest of the season? So um, I wouldn't say that the UCLA future is so bright that we've got to wear shades, but I will say that the way that our team has been playing, the fact that they don't stop playing and they fight hard till the end uh, is something that you, that you have to be pleased with. I was at the Oklahoma game. Uh, which, by the way, if you haven't had a chance to go to Norman, Oklahoma and watch a football game and you're a football fan of college football, put it on your bucket list and make sure you get it done because that was arguably one of the best experiences I've ever had as a, uh, a spectator or as a player. Uh, and in my career at UCLA, we played at Alabama. We played at Ohio State, at Oklahoma State. Uh, Michigan came to the Rose Bowl, Ohio State came to the Rose Bowl, Alabama came to the Rose Bowl, but uh, playing at Oklahoma, and I know uh, my man Drew Olson and some of the other guys have played at Oklahoma previously, but that was pretty cool to see. So, what I, But what I saw at that game was we were playing against a top 10 team. We hung in there for at least the first half, but we have the players, and if you noticed our running game in the Oregon game, by the way, that was uh, – that was a, a, a nice thing to see. If there's going to be a game ball, and I don't necessarily believe in giving game balls to the losing team, but it definitely goes to the offensive line and Joshua Kelly. Uh, another shout-out to Squat Diesel, Jermaine Lewis. If anyone remembers him, number 23, shortest running back ever in UCLA history. Another Lancaster Antelope Valley native, arguably the best running back in the Antelope Valley's history. But Joshua Kelly is certainly going to put the Antelope Valley back on the map, it looks like. Um, like him a lot. Can't wait to see what he can do this week against Arizona. So moving into Arizona. Uh, not an easy place to win either. You know, when you have the ASU Sun Devils, you have a bunch of players that typically weren't uh, recruited as hard by UCLA or USC because they either weren't good enough physically or they couldn't get into school mentally. Uh, so you got a bunch of kids with chips on their shoulders for one reason or another. So anytime you're going to play them, it's a big game for them, whether they're playing UCLA or USC. And going into Tempe, you never know what you're going to get. I hear it's going to be uh, every single human being in the stadium is going to have a maroon jersey on. Uh, another shout-out to Pat Tillman, fantastic human being. I think they do it for him, which is super cool. Uh, we'll talk more about that in podcast to come I'm sure but um, we played in Arizona State in 1999 it's a tough place to play 
We should have won that game, but if any of you fans out there remember 1999 in Phoenix, we were about to win until they ran a slip screen for, uh, I don't know, about 65 yards. Forget the dude's name, but he pretty much ran through the whole defense and didn't get touched, and we lost practically as time ran out. So um, not a lot of fond memories uh, uh, of ASU. Certainly not a a lot of fond memories at Oregon either, but um, I actually had a lot more fun hanging out in Phoenix with some friends from high school. I grew up in Chicago, and a few of the kids from uh, Illinois that couldn't didn't have good enough grades to get into U of I had to go to ASU so I spent a little bit of time uh, hanging out and having a good time in ASU and that is a place that knows how to have a good time Beverly Hills in the desert you know what I'm saying Um, lots of plastic and uh, lots of people that think they're in Beverly Hills but uh, nonetheless uh, lots of good scenery lots of fun and I hope that the Bruins can come out and, and, and put a victory uh, on it. Uh, obviously, ASU beat Utah. Utah beat us. The Pac-12 is just like the NFL. Uh, lots of parity. Anybody can beat anybody at any given time. You thought that University of Washington was going to be the top 10 top team in the, in the Pac-12. Sorry, did I just say Pac-10 over there? Man, am I getting old. Um, you thought UW was going to be the best team in the Pac-12, but... Out of nowhere, Washington State is the number one team in the Pac-12. And I'm sorry, I don't care what happens with Washington State. I'm never going to believe that Washington State is that good. Uh, I hope they, I hope they prove me wrong for, for their sake, but I don't believe it. Although it is kind of fun to watch somebody throw the ball over 70 times a game. Uh, but not realistic, and I don't see them keeping it up. But... My point about the parity aspect, you know, Utah was supposed to be sweet. They get beat by Arizona State. You, you were, we're not favored in the game. I think the line is uh, negative four and a half. Let me check. Um, but I don't care what the line is. If I'm a gambler, which I'm not, but I'm sure many people listening to this are, I would take the money line because ne- negative 13 and a half. So take the money line. Parlay it with a couple other games, like uh, Utah's minus four. Take Oregon. The, the the way they played against us, that quarterback is really good. You got Washington State minus six. Colorado's been playing poorly. I think Washington State covers that six. Oregon State Stanford is Oregon or Stanford going to cover twenty four? Uh, that's going to be tough. And you got Cal and USC. USC minus five. Take USC all day long, but. I'm not an expert in any of that, so you know, don't get mad at me. But ASU, I think, is a game that you're going to be surprised. I think it's we only have a few more games left, and we're going to come out swinging. I know DTR looks like he's probable he's going to play. Um, but as history is, has shown thus far this year, whether or not he makes it through the whole game is, a, is another story. So um, for those of you traveling – have a great time in Phoenix. It's my anniversary, so I won't be there. My ninth anniversary, if you can believe that. My beautiful wife, Christine. We have three beautiful daughters, uh, none of which appear to end up that they're going to end up being football fans. However, I am trying, 
And I can also go on record and say that the likelihood of us having a son are slim to none. Um, but I love, I love kids, but I gotta admit it's hard having little kids. So for those of you that have little kids out there, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but for those of you traveling, have a great time, enjoy yourselves. I hope you can experience a fantastic experience because there's nothing better than traveling to an away game as a Bruin fan or for any team that you're a fan of for that matter and being in an opposing team city, winning, being polite about it, having a great time afterwards and seeing some great camaraderie with the opposing fans. Uh, So one of my MOs through Something's Bruin is going to be telling some stories from all walks of life, but one good story I got to share right now about an away game. So we played Alabama in 2001, kick off the season. For those of you that remember, it was a night game. Nothing better than walking out in Alabama Stadium to thunderstruck, jamming, and then right before kickoff, they start going, and you start hearing the whole 110,000 people singing Sweet Home Alabama. Pretty cool. Uh, don't get me wrong, the Rose Bowl is unbelievable. But we take it for granted the fact that we play our home games in the Rose Bowl and every single team that comes and plays against us for our simple home game, it's like the opposing team is in the Rose Bowl because they're in the Rose Bowl, for God's sakes. But that Alabama game was so cool. Uh, another shout out to my man Drew Bennett, who was on the Titans at the time, standing on the sidelines, giving me pointers, and uh, never forget throwing a touchdown pass and making eye contact with him. Fantastic moment. But the best moment was back to my point. After the game, we won. I had 15 people from my family in my hometown drive to Tuscaloosa. God knows that wasn't a short distance. You think it's bad driving to Vegas nowadays? Think about driving 15 hours down the Mississippi River to Alabama to watch a college football game. But love my family, love my friends, thank you for coming. So we win, they all have my jersey on, and they go out that night, and they're hanging out in all the bars, and the Alabama fans were walking them to the front of the line, paying for the drinks, and treating them with the utmost respect you could ever imagine. And for anyone that is keeping track, we were 2-0 and against Alabama, 1-1 and against Ohio State. I'm not going to remind you how shitty they were when we were there, but 3-1 and against Alabama and Ohio State, not too bad. I'll take that any day. Uh, speaking about college football, a little more of the top 25 recap, if you're watching the, the Fox coverage or getting ready to watch the Fox coverage of the UCLA game, then you must have seen the end of the West Virginia-Texas game. Holy cow. Boy, that West Virginia quarterback. I hear he's like 25. He's got a wife and a couple kids. Uh, you know, owns a Walgreens. God knows what else. Um, but he is pretty good. And you saw the coach after the game, who, by the way, has worse hair than me. Um, but you got to give him credit for that gutsy call there at the end. There was no way he was kicking the field goal. Even though Texas called multiple timeouts, uh, he still he changed the play at least three times, changed the formation a couple times. But the throw to score the touchdown off of one foot, um, you can mark my words right now, that guy's one of the top three quarterbacks picked no matter what. And, you know, everything's bigger in Texas. 
and everything's bigger when you lose like that in front of all those people. So uh, I don't hate Texas football, but it's kind of cool to see the the uh, horns down, which they also got a, a penalty for, and you could have cost them the game. But uh, how about Alabama? Huh? Is that pretty much uh, a team that might make the playoffs in the NFL? <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure that Alabama's backups might be able to win the Pac-12. Uh, unbelievable what they did at LSU. USC wins. I already talked about WSU. Again, not a fan. UW, shout out to my brother, Casey Paws, one-year starter at UW. Arguably one of the greatest records ever in the history of University of Washington. Actually, one, only one record he has was he was, for a long time, one of the only Washington quarterbacks to beat Oregon for a, for an extended period. So I have to give him credit for that, and I love him very, very much. So props to him. Nice to see UW getting back on track. NFL outlook, like I said, I am from the southwest suburbs of Chicago, a town called New Lenox. Actually, probably more of a northwest suburb, northeast suburb of Joliet. For those of you that have never been to Joliet, hopefully you've seen the movie The Blues Brothers. Joliet, Jake, and Elwood Blues. We have riverboat gambling. And we have a very interesting suburban scenario with some of the greatest high school football ever. Uh, and grew up a Bears fan. So... The Bears look look good. They don't look great. I'd uh, love to see Trubinsky not just be a runner and actually be more accurate with his passing and better with his footwork. I was actually at the Patriots-Bears game a couple weeks ago. Shout out to my man Tori Kosick at Proven IT. Skyline Suites. Appreciate the hospitality. Only cost $1.2 million for that per year, so keep up the good work. Business must be good. Um, but fantastic time I've never seen Tom Brady live and hopefully uh, most of you listening can respect the ability that Tom Brady has at 41 years old I mean are you kidding me I'm 38 years old I play foot I play catch in the parking lot at the UCLA tailgates and my arm hurts for like a week um, this dude is still doing it at the highest level I talked about footwork earlier with Trubinsky. When you look at the timing and the footwork and the operation of the offense that Tom Brady does, it's uh, it's a thing of beauty. You know, the Sunday night game, Rodgers versus Brady. Obviously, I'm not surprised that Brady got the 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 best of that situation. Oh, and by the way, if you did watch the Fox, you, you know, obviously you watched the game, the UCLA game. And for that matter, any other sporting event, can we see another commercial with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, who is this dude's agent? How can he be on TV that often? Uh, If all of us don't have our insurance with that company, then I would be surprised. I'm sure we've all considered calling the local State Farm agent and saying, yeah, I just saw uh, Aaron Rodgers' commercial for, oh, I don't know, the 150th time. I'd like to talk to you about 
putting my one car in my one home under uh, your state farm powers policy? How, how are your rates? Are they good? <laughs> can, can I talk to Can I talk to the manager? <laughs> Uh, if I see another Aaron Rodgers commercial, and I'm a huge fan of Aaron Rodgers as well, but I've had enough of Aaron Rodgers commercials. I don't know about you guys, because it's he, he's such a, an enigma. You can't figure him out. Um, I, I, at least I can't. Like, is he the world's perfect human? Um, but then all of a sudden he starts dating some famous chicks, and now he's starting to you know date Danica Patrick, um, but. Some folks I know in the league, some ex-players say he's a good guy, so I'm going to go with that. Um, and no one can argue with the fact that uh, Brett Favre is good and can throw the ball uh, from pretty much any position, but Aaron Rodgers can throw the ball from any position accurately, spins it better than anybody, and he's a really good athlete. Not to mention, if anyone else has ever noticed, him and Brett Favre are two of the only quarterbacks I've seen in at least the last 10 years that wear a chin strap that has absolutely zero protection for your chin. I mean, that little leather one buckle strap, that to me says either one of two things. Either you're fucking, excuse me, I'm, actually I think you can say that on these, but either you're freaking crazy or you are so good and you know the protection so well that you are that confident that you will not take the crown of a helmet to the chin. Now granted, you're not allowed to even get hit in the head anymore in the NFL, but still, the fact that he goes out there with a one buckle leather strap, whew, I give him huge props for that. And anyone that's played football <laughs> has got to give him props for that. So, um, I just saw it's actually Thursday night, November 8th. And for those of you that have Ben Roethlisberger in your fantasy leagues, you must have been doing something right all week because I think he threw five touchdowns at least and uh, and, and they're crushing the Panthers. Steelers look to be back. That throw that Cam Newton threw out of the end zone was one of the worst passes I've ever seen Cam Newton throw. I'm shocked that he did it. But uh, so for the Steelers fans out there, congratulations. Shout out to my man Rob Kolashinsky, big cat. MVP to the Big 33 game, which is a high school all-star game between Pennsylvania and Ohio State. He actually won the MVP as a linebacker, believe it or not. Uh, love him to death. Never played it down at UCLA, but he was one hell of a high school linebacker and still one of my best buddies on the planet. Uh, let's see, where do we go next? UFC fans. So a pretty good weekend when it comes to UFC had co-main events, Weidman, Sosa, and Cormier, and Lewis. So we'll talk about the Weidman fight first. Uh, what a great fight. And don't get me wrong, I am by no uh, calculations an expert on UFC. However, I got to give a shout out to my man, Audi Attar, Conor McGregor's agent, one of the best agents, if not the best agents in the UFC. So I have seen my fair share of UFC fights, but I'm not trying to be Joe Rogan. And I certainly 
I'm not going to pretend to be Joe Rogan on my first podcast ever, although I feel like I will get better. So, Joe, uh, if you don't mind, maybe in the future you can come on to mine, and I'd be happy to go on to yours. Like I said, used to be kind of a big deal. I think I'm still number five in the UCLA record books. My only goal is to stay on the at least in the program. I think they take you out of the program when you're in the top ten, so I'll probably be okay for at least another at least another couple of years. But uh, anyway, UFC. So Weidman fought extremely well in front of so many of his hometown fans. I met the dude before. He's another one of Audie's guys. Uh, great guy, good looking guy. It's like I mean, how can you be a fighter and be still be that good looking? I don't I don't understand that, but. Just got caught in the third round, and that's the way the UFC rolls. But again, give him huge props uh, for for fighting the way that he did. But Daniel Cormier, oh my goodness. I mean, when that dude walks up, he has to go down as one of the best UFC fighters in the history of any league of mixed martial arts. He was. He looked to be four inches shorter than Lewis. God knows he might. They might have weighed the same, but they certainly didn't look the same in muscle mass. But when you watched Cormier, Cormier uh, handle Lewis in the way he did, it shows you how important jujitsu and, in his case, wrestling is to a mixed martial arts event. Because no matter how much power Lewis has or had or has, um, he he neutralized the whole thing. He dominated the fight, and that if that fight happened ten out of ten times, he'll probably win it ten out of ten times. Um, which side note, if you watch that fight, you know uh, the Buffer brother, the the guy that does the announcing. Which I mean, that guy he he just screams and yells. His jackets are obnoxious, but I ain't hating on that because I have some Paisley jackets like that as well. But can you believe that they actually use the nickname the Black Beast for Lewis? I, I would have thought that in this day and age that that would not be cool. But sure enough, they wrote it on the TV and he screamed it. So, uh, yeah, that was surprising, but it is what it is. Um, so my point is that at the end... Uh, it was awesome to see because that uh, Daniel's an unbelievable athlete, even though he doesn't look like it. And then you see Lesnar come in there. That felt a little like WWE. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I wasn't super pumped about that. But, uh, you know, doing a little bit of showmanship, that's fine. Uh, the, the UFC pundits that know a heck of a lot more about it than I do say that Cormier is going to crush Lesnar too, but again, when you see Lesnar standing next to him, you think there's no way that he's going to crush Lesnar. So, I expect to see that fight, which is going to be awesome. Uh, I haven't missed many big fights, and I won't miss many going forward, Um, so hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about that. So if you're a fan of UFC, uh, then stick around. Um, not really a lot going on in tennis right now, which I'm also a huge fan of. Golf, also a huge fan. Um, so we'll be able to analyze that as it comes around. But in general, I'm getting close to my 30-minute mark. I'm going to try and always keep these at or below 30 minutes uh, 
I'm going to leave you with a few more points. So number one, thank you again for listening to the first episode of Something's Brewing. Uh, I couldn't be more excited to, to start this journey with you. I can only promise you that if you thought that this first episode sucked, that I'm only going to get better. And I can assure you that it is not always going to be just me talking for 30 minutes straight. That I will have multiple active players in the college and NFL ranks, coaches in both ranks, retired players in both ranks. I guess you can't really call it college uh, players retired. Um, top UFC fighters, titans of industry, big time comedians, and uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna do. I'm gonna do my best to try and entertain you. So with that, I'm gonna leave you with something that I I came up with with the help of my good friend Julie Allen years ago. She actually started it, and I ran with it, which is the pause laws. Because this is not just gonna be about UCLA sports entertainment. It's also going to be about a little bit about motivation. So um, on this thankful Thursday, I'm going to leave you with the pause laws, which are the seven rules to success through positive thinking. All right. So I know that sounds a little bit corny, but if anyone has seen uh, what's the guy with the giant head, uh, Tony Robbins. So, I mean, Tony Robbins motivates losers to get off the couch I am never going to do that. I'm going to motivate high-functioning adults like me to take it to the next level. Uh, I like to say, you know, one man's ceiling is another man's floor, and that's how I roll when it comes to that. So if you think about it, knowing that, I want you to understand the pause laws. So the seven rules to success, if you're here for the next week's podcast, I might drop the Apostles' Creed on you. So here's number one, keep a positive attitude at all times. Number two, don't forget to pause and reflect. Number three, always position yourself for success. Number four, remember a round of a pause. Number five, everyone needs some apostles. Number six, never play possum. And number seven, feel the pause and effect. So we're going to analyze those a little bit more in future episodes. But I want that to marinate a little bit. And if you thought that was clever at all, then you ain't seen nothing yet. You know what I'm saying? Um, So thank you again for listening. I'm almost at 30 minutes right on the dot. And I like to be punctual. I'm a little bit old-fashioned when it comes to that. So thank you again. Thank you to the Believe Network doing some great things, my man Braun, and uh, looking forward to the next episode. Everyone have a fantastic rest of your morning, fantastic rest of your day, or have a beautiful evening. Peace. I'm out of here. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.